0: the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DiPietro Show.
1: You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, joining us right now, uh, he covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. Dan, you had a good uh, scoop. Um, I think there's something here. But is is the education commissioner, uh, Angelica Infante Green, is she staying in Rhode Island?
0: I think it's too soon to say, John. Uh, but, but I think <clears throat> what should be known is very clearly uh, New York has um, real... Uh, a real interest in her for a bunch of reasons. She's from there. She's worked in that department before. And then obviously they see, they, they think she's done a pretty good job here in Rhode Island. Um, You know, to give you the, and sometimes you, as you know, the way things get reported or the way you come upon a story uh, can matter, right? Because if, if it's happens to be a third party saying to you, Hey, this thing is happening, you know, who knows, maybe it's, it's, it's the commissioner's, like friends that are trying to prop her up or things like that. To be clear on this one uh, last Thursday or so, the, you know, I saw that the New York commissioner uh, was, was stepping down in August. I reached out directly to the commissioner and and the only question was is New York or has New York approached you? And her very flat out answer immediately was yes, they have. Um, so, So this is one of those things that's coming directly from her in terms of the interest there. Now, do I think she's, uh, my gut is if they, if they, if she wants the job, she gets the job. I think it's that uh, much of a, she, she's that much of a favorite. Although, um, you know, I, I think she does feel as though she wants to get a little bit more done in Rhode Island. I think she, she knows it's kind of a bad look to, uh, you know, to jump ship relatively quickly. Uh, Certainly when this came up last year, last October, actually, New York was interested at the time as well. uh, And she very much kind of felt, hey, I haven't done anything yet. Right. So uh, the difference now is she's now done something because distance learning was what you know, was really the, the, uh, you know, the project that she piloted. Has she done anything in Providence yet? I think that's fair to to debate. Um, But, you know, she has a little bit more experience as a leader under her belt now. So um, I think it's in play. I wouldn't, I'm not going to guarantee it by any means, but it's something to, to monitor because imagine, John, given everything else that's going on, imagine if, you know, we all wake up September 4th or 5th and suddenly the Rhode Island needs a new education commissioner on top of everything
1: else. Well, <clears throat> many times um, when someone turns down a job, the response is, I'm not saying no, I'm saying not right now. Right. So, uh, so much, Dan McGowan, has changed with the whole COVID distance learning. I, I, the month of August is going to be pivotal, but to me, you know, I recognize she just kind of in some ways got here last year, but if that's the job you ultimately want, if that is the dream job, would it really make a difference, whether it's now or who knows when it may be open again? Right. Um, Do you think... Do you th- how much of this do you think depends on? She seems adamant; she wants the children in school. How much do you think could be depending on if the governor, for whatever reason, caves on the distance learning? I think, For instance, if I, I, think, go ahead. I
0: think that's a it's it's a really good question. It, it's hard to come to overanalyze this, but I would say that I, I think there's no question that that the governor and the commissioner are not. Uh, they're not the best of friends, right? This is this is not. She is not part of the Governor Raimondo circle here. No, uh, you know, was brought in by by outsiders. You know, in many ways, it is an outsider in many ways. So I don't think that you know her decision here is based you know on on any level of deep loyalty to the governor. Um, I don't think that the governor could do anything. Immediately to set to suddenly, you know, make her say, That's it, I've had enough, I'm out. So, I don't know that that's the case, but I think you're reading into something that's that's smart and that's important. I, and there's no question the commissioner wants schools to reopen. Uh, you know, I think she was caught off guard by the governor, you know, putting it out there so early back in June. I think now the commissioner is saying, You know what, I'm okay, I'll, I can execute this, I can make this happen. And now as you start to get into August and you see folks being a little more wishy-washy, I think you're going to see today from the governor at our press conference even more question uh, questions about whether or not schools will reopen. I think if I'm the commissioner, I'm looking at this and saying, wait, you, you know, you told me you wanted me to get schools reopened. I'm working on that plan with every district in the state. And now suddenly, you know, a couple of a month later, you want me to, you know, maybe slow down or go to a hybrid model for, you know, some distance, some in school. So I think the mixed messages frustrate her. I just don't know that they would necessarily, they would, that 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 would be the reason she would leave.
1: Dan McGowan, can you, if you'd be so kind, revisit last December, there was a back and forth between uh, the education commissioner and the very powerful head of the AFT, Randy Weingarten. If you wouldn't mind just reminding our our listeners of that story absolutely because something that was very remarkable what happened and i don't think it got enough attention from people but that that was a very remarkable thing that happened yeah uh, it, go it,
0: ahead it, no i think you're right about this john you know here, here's basically the gist of it the randy Weingarten, who you and i have talked about a lot most probably one of the two or three most powerful union leaders in the entire country uh, comes yep. to providence uh, to kind of rally the teachers in province, right? Teachers feeling a little defeated. They don't have a contract in place, or they, you know, their their contract is expiring. They're hearing lots of talk about, you know, total takeover by the state and reform and all the, you know, words that they often don't like. And so she comes in. She has a rally uh, with with a bunch of teachers, and she kind of flippantly says, "You know, I've been texting with the commissioner, and I, uh, and I tell her all the time that we're not going to put up with this." Essentially, right? Um, and I went to the commissioner and I said, commissioner, is it true that you've had these text message exchange uh, exchanges with Randy Weingart? And she said, yeah, I'll show them to you. Literally handed me her phone and said, you know, here's the breakdown. And what that tone was from the, the the leadership of the, again, the national teachers union, the AFT president, um, you know, what wanted to have a say uh, in the contract negotiation in Providence and was, you know, I think you may have used the word threatened or threatening, um, was certainly pretty hostile towards Providence or towards the commissioner to make it clear that she is in charge and that, uh, that, you know, they're not going to just put up with or or have the state kind of walk all over Providence teachers. Why that was so significant is you never see that type of thing come out in public. Remember, I mean, this is going way above. Providence is not a small school district, but it is not exactly you know New York City either. And right. so, for the for the president of the union to you know not just come here to rally the teachers, because that's one thing, but to have months and months really of text message exchanges where she's very clearly you know uh, kind of uh, being assertive and, and being very interested in what's happening in Providence. I thought that was a you know it, it was clear. Uh, that, that That was a significant deal, and no judging by the rest of the the way some of the reporters outside of Rhode Island kind of treated it, I think everybody was really stunned by it here the The challenge is i don 't think people understood how serious it is when the when the national union president comes in. You know we can be a little bit parochial, we care more about Bob Walsh and the NEA than we do about Randy Weingarten, but nationally it did play because it was a uh, it was just a stunning kind of rebuke of the commissioner.
1: And, and Dave McGowan, if I remember, uh, Weingarten was like, she was uh, very upset to say the least. And and it was kind of a game changer for her that the commissioner shared with you, her text messages.
0: Well, uh, you know, on a, that, that happened on a, on a Saturday and the, uh, I, okay. I reported on a Monday, but it happened on a Saturday and Sunday night before the story was kind of set to publish Uh, I got a call from directly from Randy Weingarten telling me that, you know, she'd never in her career had anyone do this type of thing to her and uh, and not not in any way trying to get me to, you know, back off of it. She was just trying to uh, I think she was trying to have her last say here that it wasn't, it wasn't just that she was, you know, threatening through text messages. She wanted to make it clear. I don't even want anything to do with this commissioner. Now, if this is kind of a game that's going to get played. So there is, uh, real hostility there. Uh, and by the way, New York is Randy Weingarten's backyard. Uh, if you bring it all, you know, full circle, if the commissioner were to go to New York, she would surely have some challenges there, uh, with Ms. Weingarten.
1: Yeah. Just to bring it full circle. I heard from someone that they are not on the same page and it's very simple. <clears throat> you have governor Raimondo right now, who last we heard is still being vetted by the Biden people, or at the very least, um, you know, would be considered for potentially a cabinet position if the vice president wins the election. So you have someone who's being very careful, and rightfully so, but just politically being very careful to avoid stepping into landmines. And then you have an education commissioner who who very, I think, bravely displayed, like I have no time for any types of politics regarding some of these union people, uh, and displayed that at the highest level possible. So that, that, for what it's worth, that's that's what I was told. By the way,
0: the commissioner, I mean, if you remember, I mean, you you were around for the beginnings of Gina Raimondo. The commissioner has sounded a lot like early Gina Raimondo, right? I I, I don't have time for the nonsense. I want to, you know, get, I want to get the job done. I mean, that that was, right, that's why Governor Raimondo got elected governor.
1: Yes. Um, And then you just fast forward, though, when you have someone that potentially Let's face it, the next month, the governor, who has done a, a very good job, you know, managing through this crisis, is looking to avoid any type of, you know, blow up right. or bad press or any like public displays. She is really geared, um, seemingly right now, to try to educate people on the safety of, of returning. But it, um, I think that's going to be an interesting development to watch over the next month. And you rightfully point out. Um, she, the, the education commissioner is someone that came in from the outside. She's not, they get, you know, they, listen, they're, they're both ambitious. They're both very strong leaders, but I, I, I'm going to be the first one to say, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this New York thing comes through. So, uh, yeah. well,
0: um, and one, one last thought on it, John. I mean, I, I think for folks, you know, you don't, unless you understand sort of deeply education, You you may not grasp this totally, but if you were to rank the most important jobs in education, you know, you'd certainly, of course, put the Betsy DeVos, the education secretary there. Uh, But the New York State Commissioner and then the New York City Chancellor are uh, as high profile, as well-paying, as highly visible jobs as there are in education in the entire country. And so, you know, when you put it like that and you combine that with the fact that this is, you know, Angelica Infante Green, somebody who grew up in New York, who came through the New York system, both city and state, uh, for her to, you know, potentially be a, you know, a, 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 the candidate for this job, um, I, I think, it, it, I, I think she has to think long and hard because these opportunities don't always come up. Uh, they and, don't. And so she, she does have to take this very
1: seriously. Yeah. And and come on, you're talking. That's a big job to turn down um, all the respect. And then come on, you're dealing with all this nonsense here. This is no easy layup in any way. You have to really decide how vested do I want to be? This thing is not going to be fixed in six months or a year. This is would have to be. And the governor is term limited out. And and by the way, something else that in defense of the commissioner, who, by the way, I do have tremendous respect for, I know you do, but. The governor could, if something panned out with the Biden thing, you'd stay here, and then um, the governor could suddenly, possible, end up in Washington right. with a Biden administration, and then now you have to deal with a new person right. coming in. So, I, I, all right, we'll wait and see. I think, I think the New York thing has come along at the right time for her, and if that panned out, I'd be happy with. Folks, coming up, we're going to talk about uh, McGowan also had some more in the schools, a lot more he's dame mcgowan of the boston globe right here on the john DePetro show it's john DePetro on am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website DePetro.com. this portion of the program is brought to you by west fountain Auto Body. now you know i didn't make a big deal about it but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when i was covering one of the protests i didn't make a huge deal about it i wouldn't want to be the focal point but it's true some of the uh protesters they did they damaged my vehicle they broke the window on the side of my car so what did i do i brought it to west fountain auto body and you can call them today 272-3340 i had to get it fixed it was obviously damaged they also damaged part of the door and so i took it to west fountain i called Kenny at west fountain autobody 401-272-3340 it's kenny and patricia west fountain folks they did a fantastic job with me i mean that's there was only one place i was going to bring it i needed to get my car fixed now listen if you're ever in an automobile accident something happens to your vehicle and you need to get it repaired call west fountain autobody 272-3340 272-3340 the original the best right behind the providence public safety complex it's west fountain autobody call them today 272-3340 they'll handle everything for you if you're in an accident something happens to your car bring it to west fountain 400 west fountain street providence right behind the providence public safety complex west
2: fountain autobody have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com.
1: Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA Professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MIGA, Mega M E G A Professionals, 508 336 We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to stay with um, with the schools. You did uh, put out that there are four new principals yeah. in Providence. Is this unusual that they're only getting one-year contracts, or is that the norm? The
0: one-year contract thing isn't particularly unusual. Here's what's unusual. Um, as much as the, I, I like to believe Providence is the center of the universe, uh, the fact that they're getting— four principals, uh, three of whom are from outside the region, one's from uh, Brighton, Mass. Um, That's what's unusual. You do not see, you know, uh, an established administrator from, let's say, Kansas in in one of these examples, you know, uproot everything and say, I want to go to Providence, Rhode Island to, you know, fix their struggling schools. Remember, there are thousands of struggling high schools all over the country, right? And so, if you're a you know a hot ticket and you you know are for whatever reason are considered a reformer i mean you get tapped for the best jobs the charter school jobs you know you can make a lot more money than than you get paid uh in providence rhode island but what this shows you is it shows you first of all the commissioner uh Infante green's reach uh she's an appealing figure beyond rhode island beyond new york quite frankly and to his credit the superintendent i think the superintendent has shown that he has a national network um, that, you know, isn't quite as extensive as, as Infante Greens, but he's showing like, look, I want serious people. I want people who can come in and be change agents. That's what's so interesting about this. The way these jobs often work are, you know, you teach for a long time, you become an assistant principal and, you know, maybe you end up in the job and there are plenty of very, very good ones that do that. But this is a statement. This is a, we are going to bring in, you know, think about Mount Pleasant High School, probably the lowest performing high school in the state for a generation, maybe more. Um, And, and suddenly you're, you know, you're bringing in somebody who has no ties to this school, no ties to this city, no ties to this state. Um, That is a major statement. Now, could it blow up? Of course it could. You never know with outsiders, you know, if, if they run into issues with the union, you know, very easily you and I could be talking six months from now about how, you know somebody quit or something like that but i do think it's a significant deal uh and by the way the one year contract the reason why that's important to me is if i were coming from the outside i would say hey you got to give me 3 years you got to give me some time for to have one year contracts there's a real level of urgency uh for some of these principals they they can't just sit back and take time to you know get to know the kids as they say this is going to be uh, come right in and, uh, you know, with the exception, of course, of distance learning, and all that stuff, but come right in and make real change very quickly.
1: This David Conradi, what, what do we know about him? Because I was told by a teacher yesterday that at Mount Pleasant, that's where the union president Marybeth Beth Calabro works out of. And many times people go to her instead of the principal and it's almost been like that she runs Mount Pleasant high school. I, I think, what do we know about him? So
0: I think by the way, that's, that's the case oftentimes with, with uh, certainly when you're the president and you're in a school, but you know, yeah. depending on who the union delegate is in a school um, you know, th- these teachers, especially ones who have been around a long time, they don't like the administrator. They know who they can go to, right. They go to their, their union rep and, yep. uh, and you, you know, you can pretty much take care of everything. There's a reason why, the unions, it's not just that everybody wants to play nice and have, you know, kumbaya moments when, when they say we're going to work together and bring people together. It's because you can't do anything without the unions, uh, just the way that the system works. The truth is, John, I don't know a lot about a, a, any of these candidates. I just, what I do know is, um, you know, they, especially at Mount Pleasant with with this Dr. Conratti, um you they wanted somebody who would come in and shake things up. That that was the call to action. They did conduct a real, uh, a a serious search. I know of several people who were uh, either in some form of or or way, either applicants or had conversations about this job. So, uh, you know, this is a, this is a major move because it is, it is unlike what normally happens, which as I said before, what normally would happen is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's musical chairs, right? It's, you move the middle school principal to the high school and you see if the high school, you know, can change. And If it doesn't, you move the middle school, uh, you move that principal back down to middle school. And that's usually what happens here. Um, And and so for it to be someone coming from outside the region, um, you know, I I think that 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 person probably got a lot and all of these guys, I think, got a lot of assurances that they're going to have flexibility and freedom um all things that the union typically fights against so uh it'll be interesting to see i mean you're you're starting the school year in a place of uh kind of disagreement and so uh it's not going to be easy it's not like everyone's going to be just welcomed in to to providence
1: schools dear mcgowan i received a text yesterday from a providence teacher who who i know and said here was the text um I told you we weren't going back before Labor Day. Watch channel ten tonight. Governor Mundo yeah. did an interview on channel ten last night with I forget the reporter and said, Well, we may have to push back <laughs> the start date a couple of weeks to make sure it's safe. Are you are you here I'm hearing that some, some kind of negotiation session is gonna be uh, they're gonna give them like the first two weeks of September off. Yeah, what are you hearing about the going back I, to school?
0: So, I was interested in that interview as well, and and uh, yeah, and Shelton did a nice job with it. And, and I think uh, <laughs> you're you were right about this. You and I talked, I think, last week, and we you know, I said, I don't know, I wouldn't place I wouldn't bet on it just yet, but uh, I actually think the, the superintendent or I'm sorry, the governor will say uh, at her press conference today, I think she'll give. I don't know if she'll definitely say, okay, we're not going to go back until after labor day, but I think she's going to lay out some of the metrics that the state needs to hit in terms of COVID numbers and test positive rates. Uh, and I think it's going to be fairly clear that it, it it will be difficult unless something changes dramatically to get back in school. Um I think they shot for the moon a little bit here. They, they really set that August 31st date very early. I mean, you know, one of the earliest places in the country to set a date to go back to school, um, even more than the southern so the southern states that that actually start much earlier, um, and so you know it was an ambitious goal. I think the governor's uh, likely to have to walk it back or to do some version of it. Right, you say maybe we start August thirty first uh, digitally or virtually, and maybe you know we get into school in I don't know mid September. October you know goes on and on but I think that's true I think you're I think you are starting to see the governor walk it back a little bit and and, uh, I would be surprised if everybody is in school on August 31st at this point
1: you know I I spoke to a politician has a lot of experience with difficult situations and said you know listen this pandemic is a fluid situation it's kind of almost like a football game sometimes you make mistakes Mm -hmm. sometimes you throw in a deception sometimes it's a fumble the governor announcing we're going to be back in school august 31st it, it wasn't a huge mistake but it looks like it was a mistake right and they're going to have to walk it back speaking of that McGowan, by the way the numbers are have now and you have a story of the boston globe the numbers seem to be going back up again
0: yeah for the five times in the last seven days now we don't have wednesday's numbers yet but five times in the last seven days uh rhode island's had 100 new confirmed cases uh, that wasn't the case. I mean, we, we were down to as low as in the 20s uh, per day just a month ago. And so you are starting to see it, uh, you know, tick up. What I'm interested in though, John, is you know, you're you not, you're you're seeing the hospital numbers stay relatively flat. Um, you know, you unfortunately you are seeing somebody, at least one person die every day, um, but you're not seeing the nine, 10, 11 deaths that we were seeing at one point. Uh, and so, it, it, you know, the, the big question right now is, is this manageable, you know, should, if you could just say, let's say you averaged a hundred new cases a day for, you know, the foreseeable future, um, is that okay? And is that something that we can all manage or, you know, are we, are we actually going up that, that original curve where, you know, you jumped from, you, know, you I can remember John, when, when you and I were talking when 20 cases was a lot uh, yeah. and then, you know, a month, <clears throat> a month or two later, we were talking about three and 400 new cases every day. And if you end up in that type of situation again, that's where the governor is going to have a real problem on her hands because she's going to have to kind of roll things back. And, uh, you know, it it is hard to imagine uh, if the economy were to truly shut down again, heading into the fall and in the winter. I can't imagine what that would do. I mean, I think you'd see so many more businesses fail. You know, you wouldn't have those options of oh, can Federal Hill eat outside and things like that. You're not going to have that when it's cold, Uh, and so it's something certainly to monitor. I know the state's concerned about it. I know the governor is going to talk about some of the school plans today. Um, The 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 big one is though, you know, is this is this just the new normal, which may be manageable, or is it? No, no, this is a sign of things to come. We're gonna, you know, we'll be at 200 a day soon.
1: Folks, coming up. Um, we are going to talk a lot more uh, interesting story in the globe about the anti-Trumpers. Also, Mayor Lawrence has got a big speech coming up on Saturday. Uh, that and a lot more with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePetro show. MEGA truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 from Miga, MEGA, M-E-G-A. And also, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. It's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair.
2: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com.
1: This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel certified soft wash let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home the side of your home on your pavement on your patio maybe it's on the basketball court bethel certified soft wash they have a great facebook page jared the before and after pictures are just incredible what your home could look like or your garage your property with bethel certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new Get rid of, you know, it just happens. You build up some of that algae and mildew, and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime. Bethel certified soft wash, power wash, especially now we're spending more time outside. You want your house and property to look the best it can. Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house look! It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said, it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway, any outdoor surface, he can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel certified soft wash. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, from what I understand, this Saturday is a big day for uh, Mayor Alorza. Well, you broke
0: the story, John. I mean, look, the the, the mayor is speaking uh, along with many, you know, a group of politicians uh, at a uh emancipation day rally in roger roger williams park um and the key takeaway and you've covered it a bunch again you broke it was uh that originally the uh in the invite on, on social media on facebook and elsewhere um it was made very clear capital letters couldn't have been even more clear that uh the new black panther party uh would have members there from i believe north carolina and new york um yep. and to be clear the new black panther party without question a hate group the southern poverty oh, yeah. law center that uh is always used uh as the you know example whenever you talk about uh hate groups they're the ones that track them and they're the ones that sort of uh can place that label so that, that you know this isn't a, a fake organization by any means that said that uh and the, the the controversy or the interesting thing since you reported all of this uh is the the interesting kind of backtrack. So I'll be honest with you, John, I saw you, I think you reported over the weekend, maybe last Friday. Yeah.
1: And, yes, Friday night. And
0: I, uh, <clears throat> I saw it and I, and I said, oh, that's interesting. I want to ask the mayor's office about it. Truth is, on, at least on Saturday, they played fairly dumb with me. Uh, they, were, they, they had no clue what I was talking about. And then, you, you know, you start to show it to them. You showed them your post. It's very clear what's there. Uh, and, and they said, well, we're not doing scheduling until later in the week. So you say okay, you give it a pass. It's the weekend. Suddenly on Monday, uh, the 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 stuff had been removed. So suddenly there's there's no evidence of a Black Panther movement coming, uh, except that you and I and others, uh, you know, we know how to take screenshots and things. And so yeah. you continue to ask the question. I think to be honest with, with you, John, the the challenge here, uh, and, and I'm not trying to give the mayor a pass, but I think this is an example of really poor staffing. Uh, yeah. you know, I think the way this, the way these things work, right. Mayor, if you're the mayor of Providence, your job is to, you know, give a hundred speeches a week. And if you're, if you're being honest about it, you're not, you don't know half of the organizations you're speaking to. Right. Yep. Uh, but this is why you have a staff, right? This is why you hire right. junior level staffers to say, oh, let me read everything on social media. Let me make sure that you don't run into these kind of situations. The mayor, uh, you know, the the mayor has kind of said, look, I don't even know what you're talking about. Actually, again, I believe him. I think no one told him that he had a problem here. Uh, And then yesterday, uh, you know, the mayor staff said, no, no, we would never do anything like that. We checked with the organization. The organization says there won't be any Black Panther members there. But I mean, you can't ignore it. It was clearly there over the weekend. You reported it. I saw it. Others saw it, too. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it gets all handled on Saturday at this rally.
1: I think it's um, <clears throat> it's very interesting though, and I'm not saying he's wrong. That as he is looking, he's term limited out. He is the mayor of Providence. If you can carry Providence in Democrat primary, there's a very good chance that you could win the Democrat 100%. primary for governor. And from what I understand, you know, in, in surveilling it, he is making a full court press to try to lock up the African American vote which seems certainly in play. He definitely has the Latino vote. But um, if you look at the other people coming out of Providence or other people running that may try to solidify that, uh, Seth Magaziner, I don't think, has a lock on the, no. the black vote. And uh, Nelly Gorbie, if she runs, I don't think she has a lock. So I'm hearing he is making right now, and I, don't, I, I think it's actually a smart play. He's making a, a political move to try to make inroads and lock it up. But the problem is you run into some problems with some of these other groups, like group like that. Because if you go ahead and you're there and they're there and you're speaking, I'm not saying it's immediate, but it's one of those things down the line that certainly could. Well, it comes back.
0: Here's when it comes back. It comes back when, you know, you're two weeks out before the Democratic primary two years from now. And, you know, you're looking good and maybe you're the favorite or you're really tied close and suddenly all the folks on the east side of providence get a mailer that says the mayor yep. is associated with an organization that hates jews and hates white people yeah. i that's when this comes back to um you know to bite you I, I think your analysis on this is right i mean look he wants to run for governor uh he has a limited uh but, but a, a limited scope or a limited path to get there but it, there is a path to get there and it's by you got to win Providence and you probably got to win Providence fairly soundly. And your, your analysis is again, right. You know, he he's going to have a big chunk of the Latino vote. People forget the black vote here. It's not overwhelming. It's not like a South Carolina or anything like that. But if you can get the eight, 10% of voters in Providence that are, that are black, you know, and if you could get in mass those votes, that could put you over the top in Providence. It's done it in the past. Buddy Cianci was, very good at at organizing and getting That's you know right. uh, a black fo- folks behind him and so if you could build those coalitions it does work and i think what the mayor looks at this as I, I i can't imagine again i can't imagine that he would say yes let's sign me up for the black panthers but if he gets told uh hey there's a black lives matter uh, rally in Roger Williams park on saturday we'd love for you to be the keynote speaker the mayor says where do i sign up right uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and so, and th- I think that's what this is. And again, yeah, you, you, this will at some point come back to haunt him. Um, I, 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 I would think.
1: Dan McGowan, you have a great story, folks. we speaking of Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. When it comes to voting laws, Rhode Island looks uh, more like parts of the deep South as much as, um, th- this is an important story and how this is going to play out for the fall.
0: Well, this is a, it's a huge story. And it slightly changed yesterday uh, because as we now know, uh, The the a federal judge agreed to a consent agreement, and so uh, basically you can vote by mail without having you know uh, you or I look over somebody's shoulder to you know so so they make their vote. And what's important about that is a couple of reasons. One, look, the Republican Party is right about this. Uh, You know, they cited the Buddy Cianci. You know, era in the '80s of massive mail ballot fraud. They're right. There is a history of mail ballot fraud in this in this state. Oh yeah. Uh, I think though, what what is what is somewhat interesting is you and I have also also very much understand the way uh, the game of mail balloting works typically, which is the reason why Nick Mattiello, for example, knew he was going to win in 2016 was because his guys went out and signed yep. people up for mail ballots. That's, That's right. part of the process of knowing. You know, you 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 first of all you get someone to sign up, and then you're also their witness when they vote and, and, and those kind of things. Now with those witness requirements out the window, and, and, and to be clear, Rhode Island and Alabama, the only two places in the country right now, uh, and again until yesterday, that had a a requirement of either two witnesses or a notary. Um, you know, that have to see these mail ballots. Now it becomes a little bit of the wild, wild west. Um, And and I think what concerns somewhat, I I think this probably concerns the speaker and and the Senate president uh, to a larger degree is now you can't control it right now. Now suddenly anybody could be voting and it's going to be very difficult to be able to count your votes. Uh, And, 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 you know, I have another story coming this week, John, I'll tell you one thing. And I think, you know, this, but, one thing to really watch out for is with all the mail ballots that are going to come in, we are not going to know winners on election night. Uh, no. and the secretary of state was clear with me this week. She said, we are, you have to tell people, we are not going to know winners on election night because there will be so many mail ballots. And if that's the case across the country, boy, it's going to be, it's going to be hot with the, with the presidential race. But even locally, you know, you and I are going to get on the radio on Wednesday, that Wednesday morning and. We're we're gonna only know what uh, know what we think we know because mail ballots will have not been counted yet.
1: And Dan, what about for the primary coming up in September? There's some some big. I know people are looking larger, but as far as the House and uh, Senate races, there's some there's some big primaries. A
0: huge, I, you know. I, I I for shame on me because you're exactly right. I mean, in fact, in most of these races and in, in, in many of the key races. Uh, you know, it, it's the primary that matters more than anything. And this is one of those strange primaries where, uh, it, look, all of the interest, right, of course, there's the real health and safety concerns with COVID. You know, p- kids, parents are trying to get their kids back in school, things like that. Uh, and then everyone is obsessed with what's going to happen in the presidential election. So I think it's going to be one of those strange years where people aren't going to know what to do. And I think you're going to see uh, if the, some of the challengers in some of these, especially some of these house races if they can organize well, it would not be surprising to see some serious upsets that we didn't see coming, only because again, all of this is gonna come down to how do you get your, your handful of votes out? Cause it's gonna be low interest, it's gonna be low uh, turnout to some degree. Uh, it's gonna be a fascinating thing, but it, it's gonna cause real uh, just a real hectic situation in the days and probably weeks after the, the, uh, both the primary and the general election.
1: That, like, for instance, that Matt Brown uh, group mm. that he has with all the different people. What is it? The, the consortium the, uh, or... political
0: co- uh, cooperative, right? The
1: co-op. Co- yeah. Co-op. The co-op. Um, <clears throat> they're in some pretty significant races as far as primaries. And so so for September, you don't need a notary signature on the mail ballots for that primary. That's, is that correct? That's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That's very significant. Because that's Sam Bell... He has a big primary. Is that right? Huge
0: primary. Yeah. He's running against the uh, councilwoman, Joanne Ryan, who, uh, you know, who's who's well known. She's a she's been a two term council member. Uh, And and they're that race. That race is really interesting uh, not to be way too inside baseball. The reason that race is so interesting is Sam Bell is the uh, probably the the biggest pet peeve to the majority of the Senate leadership uh, over there. Oh, yeah. he, he, he speaks his mind and he is what he is. He's a bleeding heart, liberal progressive. Uh, and Joanne Ryan is put up by the leadership there. Uh, she's much yep. more moderate, you know, Catholic school girl, that kind of person and, you know, mom. And, uh, and, and so this is a real battle. Uh, if, she, you know, if the Sam Bell holds on, uh, that, you know, the, of course, the Democrats are going to keep their leadership in the Senate, but that will be a big, you know, slap in the face, I think, to, uh, to Dominic Ruggiero.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to, I'm going to bet on him this time, uh, with the ground game and, uh, the fact that if, this is wild, wild west with the mail ballots. I mean, uh, my God, if, if former Mayor Buddy Sancy ever could have lived to see this day, where well, you don't need a <laughs> he would have great stories to tell.
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, Dan McGowan. Before I let you go, there's also an interesting story that your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick has about these um, never Trumpers that that they they're boy. I, I, it's it's even hard to believe just how far they're going to the other side.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you've seen this more nationally. Of course, you've seen this Lincoln Project that you know these guys who have run presidential campaigns. You know for Republicans in the past that are now, you know, on board with Biden. And, and uh, you know, I think Kasich from Ohio is going to potentially speak at the, uh, the 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 DNC this year and, and things like that. But the the interesting thing locally is you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, all these guys, Dawson Hodgson, a former senator, Gary Sass, you know, have always been relatively moderate uh, people. And they're, you know sort of grabbing the mantle here. Now, I think there's a couple of things that you know, but I want to make sure people know that I know. Number one, the vast majority of the Republican Party is very strongly behind President Trump. So while the Never Trump movement gets, uh, you know, gets a lot of attention, it is not in any way, you know, a significant, uh, it's not a significant player here in Rhode Island, I I don't think. I think you would agree. Uh, I do have a question for you on this, though, John, because Here's the thing that I, when I was reading Ed's story today, I thought it was a good story. When I was reading it, the thing that pops in my head is, let's pretend that that, that in, in these guys' eyes, the world corrects itself and Joe Biden gets elected president. Um, th- these Republicans are not going to suddenly be, uh, you know, we're, we're, you're not going to suddenly go back to a moderate wing of the party. And so no, I, my no. question for you is, what happens next? Because it's, it's not like the fury and the, you know, the support for president Trump is suddenly going to disappear after the November election.
1: No. Right. You know, it, it um, <clears throat> they, they kind of, they, I think they just become like, you're know, like a man without a country because, you know, what you, what you saw yesterday with the, the way they treated Barr. by the way, this is a huge day for, as you write for Congressman David Cicilline, mm-hmm. this is probably the biggest day of his political career, but there's, um, that you know as much as they they just think it's president trump he's not alone there's a lot of people that feel they are you know you're in a battle you're in a war and the other side and the tactics they use that even if president trump loses in november that feel and anger towards the other side where they feel they ginned up you know russia and collusion and just the way they conduct themselves that is not going to go away I, I, so. I
0: completely agree i'll tell you the, the best book i've read in the last two or three years a book called american carnage it's by a political writer wrote about uh the republican party over the last decade this is a this is a conservative writer has covered the party and he captures better than anybody the guy's name is tim alberta better than anybody the movement that you're just talking about that it, it has yeah. it, while trump you know, put the exclamation point on it and probably put, you know, certainly push them into the end zone in in, in many ways. That, that frustration and that anger was there before him. And it's almost certainly going to be there after him.
1: Hey, the Cam Newton jersey went on sale yesterday up at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> you know Brady's out, bringing the new That's quarterback, right. Dan McGowan. How can how can people uh, each day start the the, way, the day the way I do with your uh, uh, email from Roadmap? That's
0: right. So every single day, every weekday, you're going to get uh, you know some new reporting from me. Today we're talking about Congress and Cicilline, and it's again the biggest day of of his political Huge. career. You know, with all the tech Huge. giants in. Uh, You get, you know, some of the new reporting from us. You get a breakdown of what's happening, governor's press conference, things like that. If you just send me a blank email, rinews at globe.com, just a blank email, rinews at globe.com. I'll see it. I'll add you to our email list and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning, hopefully before 8 a.m.
1: Dan McGowan, great job. Stay safe. We'll talk oh, to you Oh, and
0: John, can I just say, I, I wanted to say this off the top. I'm glad to hear your voice. I'm glad to hear seemingly you're, you're feeling <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, Thank you. Uh, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers. You know how much I appreciate you. So I'm glad to I hear do. you're, you're doing well. I
1: appreciate that. Thank you, Dan McGowan. Thank All right. You. Talk to you soon. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie, At It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand... Quality, integrity, local products like a kai honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health at 1099 Menin Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family. Plus, hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in. Swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland.
2: a Rhode Island family business since 1986.
1: A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call. Free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV or an off-road vehicle AE Mazika Insurance Services call them today 353-9300-401 353-9300 let them help you save money it all starts with one phone call AE Mazika Insurance Services 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence why not let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aemazika.com. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380. Remember now, Providence and North are Providence. I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM you can always listen online at the website visit it to petro.com dot ocom right on the top on the left hand side you'll see where it says listen live just click on that anywhere in the world you can listen while we're live on the air and then right below that on the dashboard at the website you'll see where it says radio show if you ever miss any part of the show you just click on radio show and folks boom there it is you can pull it up it's all in library fashion and remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DiPietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DiPietro Show. Johnson Propane. Folks, stop in and see Phil Johnson. You can call him at 621-8129, located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Now, right in front of Stop and Shop next to Wendy's, they're open seven days a week for all your propane needs. It's Johnson Propane. Propane tanks filled, plus they have tanks and supplies. Here's the thing with Johnson Propane. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. They'll refill your Blue Rhino tank. Now, most of the time, if you bring it somewhere, they swap it out, and they charge you 22 bucks. Not with Johnson Propane. Phil will refill that Blue Rhino tank for just $15. They're open seven days a week. Right next door to Wendy's. Credit card's accepted. Nine to seven each day. Stop in and see Phil. And he never runs out. He's always backed up. Since 1971, you can depend. Johnson Propane. Bring in your propane tanks. Call him 621-8129. Better yet, stop in and see him. 904 Manton Avenue of Providence. Right in front of the stop and shop. The guy is a legend. And right next door to Wendy's, it's Johnson Propane.